What is going on, Tecmo team? Andy here with the Tecmo Bros coming back at you. And man, that's two episodes in two weeks. Aren't you proud of me? I've missed all your faces and I hope that you have fun listening. I have the most special guest this week on the show. We've got Tecmo Bro Sam, one of the founding members of the Tecmo Bros. He is the OG bro. Sam, Sam, we appreciate you being on the show. How you been, buddy? Oh, it warms my heart, man. I'm glad to be back. I, I missed us too. It something wasn't right. Just not talking fantasy football with my bros. I feel like we couldn't be the Tecmo Bros without the OG Bro Sam. Yeah, we, we were a Tecmo Bro Andy, and now we are the Tecmo Bros. Now that Sam is back, so you know, like those, you're gonna date myself here. Those Wonder Twin powers activate. We are officially the Tecmo Bros. It's good to be back on the microphone recording, uh, man. Football is, uh, sadly, we are halfway through the fantasy season, and that makes me a little sad to say. Um, it's it's disappointing, but it's been a good ride so far. I mean, it feels vastly different than fantasy football in 2020. Uh, it's just good to have fans back. It's good to have uh, a lot less uh, dodging the COVID bullet with your players. Uh, how's your season going so far, Sam? Well, you know, uh, a lot of uh, predictions have come right. A lot of predictions have gone terribly wrong. Uh, I got to tell you, though, I, I agree with you. It's good to good to see football back to being normal fans in the stands. Got to love it. Uh, I wouldn't mind, though, if they decide to, you know, maybe co- new COVID protocols to leave the refs at home. That might make <laughs> for uh, some more interesting games. Yeah, we were musing actually last night, a late night phone call. Uh, just some of those calls in the game last night on Monday, uh, boy, they were, uh, a, a handful of missed calls that I definitely thought should have been flagged. Uh, and a couple that were like, you know, real ticky tacky, but that's, that's been the, the story this year is just it's, interesting it's refing. The meme of the guy looking at the butterfly saying, is this pass interference? Is right. this roughing the passer? They, it's Every every game every week seems like they're guessing uh, again as to what that is. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, the sh- the the theme of the show today is going to be uh, our preseason hypothesis and accuracy check. It's going to sound similar to a show I did with the folks over at the Not Analytics podcast. If you haven't gone, check them out at not underscore analytics on Twitter. They do some great stuff. Rawson and Hayslip are fantastic people. Go check them out. Uh, but we're going to do our preseason accuracy check. I've got different ones uh, than what I did on the show with them. Uh, but before we get there, we're going to talk about just the injury blitz from over the weekend, a little bit of stuff that we want to talk about in terms of what's going to impact your fantasy squads. Uh, first and foremost, unfortunately for uh, Green Bay Packer fans here in Wisconsin, Devonta Adams was added to the COVID list needs two negative tests today, Tuesday, and tomorrow, Wednesday, to have any shot at playing on Thursday. We're looking at about a 5% chance he plays on Thursday. That hurts. Sam, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Let's hope God is a Packer fan. Um, Another guy who uh, is actually coming back, Jerry Judy, is set to return this Sunday after his high ankle sprain. Uh, That's going to be a boost to a lot of fantasy lineups. I know my squad will be happy to see him back. Now, this does downgrade a couple of the other Broncos pass catchers, but Jerry Judy should, if completely healthy, step into his role as the alpha there. At least in my opinion, he's the alpha. Uh, Him and Cortland Sutton should be the ones primarily taking all those targets. Uh, to a crowded backfield, Miles Sanders got injured with a low ankle sprint considered week to week. Uh, that means you're probably firing up Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, who actually found the end zone last week. Uh, what do you think about Miles Sanders, Sam? 
Well, everybody loves some bass and scat, but uh, I got to say, I'm surprised Miles Sanders got hurt on the field. I don't think he's actually been on it, Andy. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Talking about a guy who's not going to be on the field, though. Unfortunately, Dawson Knox is looking to miss up to three weeks. Uh, that could be two games here in weeks eight and nine, uh, leading into, I believe, a, is that a bye week? They're on by, uh, they were on by last week, which means he'll miss this week and next week, uh, unless for some reason he's back sooner. But the initial prognosis was three weeks with a, uh, a break of a bone in his hand. So hard to catch the ball if you don't have a hand. So uh, that is true. Nick Chubb coming back should return this week. Uh, Kareem Hunt still obviously on IR. His prognosis, I believe, was five to seven weeks for uh, uh, Kareem Hunt. So Nick Chubb should be back. I do see D. Ernest Johnson probably playing the Kareem Hunt role. I don't think they're going to ride Nick Chubb like the workhorse because they want to keep him healthy. Sam, would you agree? I would. Uh, somewhere Tecmo Bro Ben is crying tears of joy. Um, Nick Chubb, his his BFF is back. And that'll be a, a big boon for an offense that is going to be uh, – it's tough riding a, a backup. Case Keenum's usable uh, in that role, but it's it's going to be much better with, with the OG in the backfield there. Um, another OG who's looking at uh, making a return this week, Tyrod Taylor might actually return against the Rams this week. And not that it's a great matchup that he's going to return into facing the Rams is always a bit of a chore, uh, but that's going to help with all of the Texans fantasy assets, which sounds silly, which is why I kind of laughed. Brandon (laughs) Cooks will be happy to see him. I mean, you can probably stream Tyrod Taylor uh, in certain situations. I'm not sure I'd do that against the Rams, but uh, that should help Brandon Cooks. That should probably help the running backs just be more apt in play action and pass catching. Uh, Davis Mills, you know, did his best, but it's it's clear he's a rookie and he that's why he didn't go very high. So the the Texans will be happy to see him. They won their only game with Tyrod Taylor, and hopefully they can win one more game this year. Uh, Josh Jacobs, this should be good news for you, Sam. Uh, should be good to go in week eight after leaving with a chest injury this past weekend. Uh, I'm sure it was precautionary. They were up by a good chunk when this happened. Uh, so I, I think they're more being precautionary, but he should be good to go. Yeah, I had a little bit of a chest injury in my heart, my soul, when I saw him leave the field. I needed a, a little bit of a miracle of points out of him to come back, and it it just wasn't going to happen. As soon as Drake got in the end zone, I knew it was over. Jacobs wasn't coming back on the field. But good to know it was uh, it was a short-term thing, and hopefully he's back out there doing his thing. Um, now, la- rounding out the, the injury news here, Zach Wilson is set to miss two to four weeks. I believe I saw that was a PCL strain. Yep. If so I'm it's, not mistaken. Be, it's, it's a, a mild PCL strain or a sprain. I can't remember which S word it is. But uh, bottom line is it's sad to, that he's going to be missing games. I mean, they weren't doing great to start with. But you, you never like seeing rookies get hurt when they're trying to learn the game. Like we, we knew Zach Wilson wasn't going to be great this year because it's the Jets and it's a rookie head coach as well as a rookie quarterback. Uh, but I believe, if I read correctly, Joe Flacco is headed back to New York to be on the Jets. So, that you know, this is the real question. Is Joe Flacco elite? Is this going to make the Jets better? Like, does, does this upgrade any of your Jets assets? I have been gone for so long and yet nothing ever changes. We're still talking about Joe Flacco and is he elite? Uh, I, it'll be, it'll be helpful. I don't know that it's worth uh, getting, 
excited over any Jets assets, though they were bad before. I think they'll still be bad uh, with just a less mobile quarterback. I agree with you. And, and just uh, to round out a funny point, last week I had a friend of the show, Ben, on a uh, different Ben, not Tech Mobro Ben, friend of the show, Ben. And uh, he said, it's 2021 and I'm starting Case Keenum in a super flex fantasy football league. What is this year? Very similar. Joe Flacco is going to see some usage in like really deep super flex leagues. And it's 2021 and we're starting Joe Flacco. Like, what let me just is throw this on? past you. Tom Brady. Okay. Geno Smith. Joe Flacco. Case Keenum. What year is it? Oh my gosh. It feels like it's 2015. <laughs> What, oh. I remember streaming Joe Flacco back in like 2014, 2015, because like I needed a, I needed a filler for my Tom Brady uh, team that year. And you know, when's the last time Joe Flacco has actually been fantasy relevant, if if really ever at all? I know he had that great year, uh, Super Bowl year, but like I don't know, man, that's that's rough. But uh, let's actually skip the injuries here. We're done with them, and let's move on to the preseason accuracy check. Ready, down, put, put, put. All right, so every year before the season starts, just if you think at all that you are an analyst or that you know more than your fantasy football colleagues, you look at some information, you look at the data, and you kind of make decisions based on what's changed, what's new, what you think, stuff from last year, how the year ended, and you make predictions. And obviously we get into snake drafts and depending where you're located in the snake draft like if you're on the elbow you're skipping a fair amount of players to grab your guys because you're definitely not going to have them there on the turnaround or like sam and myself we're in an auction league you get to go harder on the guys that you absolutely want and you essentially pick your whole team with guys that you want because there is no snake draft elbow situation where guys are going to get stolen just because they're just not going to make it back to you auction you get to actually pick and bid and if you got enough money for it you get to make your players but there are certainly players that are good football players that you have no interest in because during your preseason data checking you thought well while he's good I don't want them for A, B, and C reason, and you have predictions, and maybe they're deep predictions, and you're, you're loving yourself too much to go super deep on these guys that might not be great, but you're also making decisions based on fantasy studs or like a running back two or a wide receiver two who could possibly leap into wide receiver one. So what I want to do today is get with Sam, take five of our off-season predictions and see where we're sitting with them and see if we can take a victory lap or if we have to give you our apologies. So uh, I'm just going to start things off. This is the one that I talked about on the Not Analytics podcast with those folks. Uh, I'm going to jump right at it that I I was banging the table hard during the offseason that Sam Darnold would be a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Uh, again, not we're not talking real-life quarterback, much like the way that Jalen Hurts is not a great real-life quarterback, but he's fantastic for fantasy football. So, Information that brought me here that Sam Donald will be a top 12 is that he was with a brand new team with a competent coach with much better weapons and a fresh start means a lot to a lot of people. So DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, you see all these tweets and these news is about how they're going to have a breakout year and how they're poised for greatness and all these receivers and these weapons are going to have great years. But what does that mean for the quarterback? The quarterback is the one giving them the ball. So therefore, by proxy, Sam Donald would have to be a viable fantasy quarterback and top 12. He's got enough rushing. He's got a good arm. Uh, it started off great. I was victory lapping really hard during the first three, four weeks. Uh, 
since then, it has not gone very well. Uh, it's been pretty rough. He got benched this weekend. Um, so currently he is quarterback 15, uh, had a couple sub five point weeks, which were rough on the old fantasy lineup, but, uh, I don't think he'll finish top 12 anymore. I'm going to kind of walk that back a little bit. I, I still believe he has the talent. Uh, he's just, you know, maybe he's seeing ghosts again, uh, but it's just not been great. Sam, what do you think about my prediction on Sam Darnold? Well, originally, I, I would have been all in with you there. I uh, actually, in one of the leagues that I'm in, uh, the, it's a regular snake draft, uh, standard format, one quarterback, and kind of smaller benches. And by, by the middle of the draft, I was noticing that a lot of teams were taking a backup or second quarterback, uh, kind of. I didn't want to panic and, and pick somebody too early when there was, you know, a depth to be had in other positions. And I definitely filled out my, my bench that way, but I was left with a, a rough decision at quarterback and just kind of looking at the stats. I was seeing what you were seeing with Sam Darnold through the first seven weeks of the season, which is where we're at right now. I felt like he had some of the best matchups to perform as a fantasy quarterback uh, jets, new Orleans, Houston and Dallas, uh, he was proving us right. He was doing outstandingly well. Uh, three games over 300 yards. Uh, the Jets, he was just on the cusp of that. Uh, rushing touchdowns with CMC on the team. He was leading the team in rushing touchdowns, which is interesting. But then a week five against Philly, the wheels started to fall off. Uh, he had uh, three interceptions in that game. Uh, Minnesota the next week, he... he Bounced back a little bit, but it was more kind of what I, I suppose I would expect out of him going forward. Uh, 200 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a fumble. Uh, last week against the the Giants, now that was an interesting game. Um, not a lot really happened. The defenses kind of showed up, but Darnold ended up getting benched. And I, I think as a fantasy owner, that's what you have to look at going forward. He's got a couple of nice matchups against Atlanta here, but with New England at Arizona, the, the football team, and at Miami, I don't know that he's necessarily startable anymore. You may want to look into other options to stream. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and stamp my label of wrong on that one. And I will be happy to be proven wrong, uh, or right in my case. But right now I am wrong. I would love for him to get back up there and be the case. But uh, not looking good right now, Sam. What do you think is uh, your first preseason guess? Well, uh, like a lot of analysts out there, I was hearing Matthew Barry talk about it. I was seeing it on Twitter through through several analysts. A lot of guys were saying, hey, 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 don't buy super high on Aaron Jones. There's no way he can have that same production. He had, you know, so many touchdowns. And, you know, they've got uh, A.J. the Sauce Dylan, who's going to step up in a big way. And I was, I was riding that hype train. I, I had him on a, a league. I had a chance to keep him. I kept somebody else instead. And I got to say, uh, his ADP was sitting at running back six. And right now, Aaron Jones is currently, drum roll, running back six. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> he's had a couple of duds uh, in the year. The New Orleans game was forgettable. And against the Washington football team, there wasn't a lot of rushing room to be had. But despite that, he's been performing like you'd expect him to be as a, as a top running back. And uh, especially going into this week, if Devontae Adams is set to, to miss time, he's definitely going to be leaned on heavily. And all of this, mind you, is, is happening with one of the most banged up uh, O-lines Green Bay's ever faced. Uh, they're without a lot of their, their starters uh, on the line. They're shuffling guys around, and he's still 
able to perform at a top level. As that O-line gets healthy, expect Aaron Jones to do better. I was way wrong on this as were, well, a lot of us. Yeah, it's always tough, especially uh, we, you know, we live in Wisconsin and, and we're right you know, knee deep in Packer country here. So it's always hard in especially where we live to either fade a Packer or even be high on a Packer because, you know, being high on a Packer, we've all been in a league with someone who takes Aaron Rodgers in the first round just because they want him. And that's just how that is. So it's, it's hard to if you like a Packer player, you're paying a premium here specifically to get them on your team. But I also was a bit out on Aaron Jones this year. Not that I doubt his talent, but also I agreed with that. They drafted AJ Dillon for a reason that I thought he might be the guy that gets those, you know, one to two yard goal line things. Cause he's physically the larger guy. Um, I guess we were, if you look at his fancy finishes uh, again, like you said, he's running back six. He's been pretty consistent. You take out the outlier game of new Orleans and you, you, you look at the game where he put up 42 against Detroit in a PPR format. Uh, he's been consistent, you know, high teens for his points. I guess my point is, uh, and I agree with you here, while he's the running back six, injuries are a real thing where a lot of the studs are hurt. And I think if you're looking at his running back six ADP, I don't know if he is producing what you were hoping he would. I mean, obviously, if, you're, if he's the six running back off the board, uh, you're looking for 20 plus points weekly from a guy like that. True, but you can't deny that you know where he's at now is where he was predicted to be. Now, it, that being said, though, as you look forward in his in his uh, next handful of games, he's got uh, at Arizona, at Kansas City, home against Seattle, and at Minnesota. Um, I see a lot of opportunity there for Aaron Jones to shine if he is producing like the running back he was drafted to be. Do you look at selling them uh it depends i mean in a redraft format i'd be just holding on to him just because the packers are a high scoring offense and he's very good uh so i don't think i would sell him there unless you're super needy in a different position like wide receiver uh you could and you're you're let's say you have other running backs that's not aaron jones that are doing great uh you could probably get away with getting rid of him but uh dynasty format i'm just not sure where i sit with him in a dynasty format uh, he's still relatively young. I think he's 26, 27, 26. Yeah. Uh, so he's still got a couple of good years ahead of him. I'm just concerned that, especially with the way the NFL is going, uh, offenses are definitely building around multiple backs. So no matter what happens, Aaron Jones, while great, is you know, is it going to be an A.J. Dillon game or is it going to be an Aaron Jones game? So it's always hard to find that consistency. Uh, so I guess if I was hurting elsewhere, I might maybe get rid of him there. But I have to uh, add just one thing. Um, I, I agree with you on that, save for one thing. If you are currently sitting at 7-0 and you are a lock for the playoffs, uh, I would look forward at those matchups. Week 14, 15, and 16, he's got Chicago, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Those are playoff weeks. Consider upgrading on somebody who's got a little bit juicier of matchups. Agreed. We talked about that actually last week. If you're in a good position, you want to start looking at – uh, playoff matchups and we talked about that last week so check out last week's show we go over some great playoff fantasy matchups uh, second guy for me I was also quarterback wise hitting the ground hard for Joe Burrow uh, I reached for him really early in a very important draft of mine uh, and I was you know laughed at a little bit there's a little bit of a casual chiding going on in the chat of our of our dynasty league um, it's just Everyone's worried about the injury, uh, but they added Jamar Chase. 
you know, their receivers got healthy. Joe Mixon looked to be healthy. I thought, how could you possibly not be a top 10 fantasy quarterback with this situation? Obviously, the offensive line was a question mark. There was that lovely meme going around where, you know, Joe Burrow with Pene Sewell uh, to anybody would be a completed pass, whereas Joe Burrow with anybody at O-line, Jamar Chase can't catch the ball. I loved it. It's funny at the time. Uh, but Joe Burrow looked good last year before he got injured as a rookie. I mean, he's going to learn, get those reps in uh, injury. Be danged. He's currently QB eight. Uh, and they just torched the Baltimore Ravens of all teams last week. Uh, I don't think there's any stopping. They're a really good team this year. Just they've unlocked the offensive potential. Uh, I think he finishes top 10 and I don't really see a way that he doesn't barring injury. Of course. Uh, what do you think, Sam? Well, and that was in Baltimore, which is a statement game for him to come out yeah. and just dominate like he did. And it wasn't even uh, close. It was J- it was crazy. Jamar Chase is looking like a baller. I didn't really think that team needed another uh, wide receiver uh, weapon, but they went out and they got him, and he's showing why they did. Uh, early, I'm actually really kind of sad that a lot of uh, Rookie of the Year candidate uh, tweets don't have Jamar Chase listed in there, and it baffles me because he's been playing that well um coming up they get uh, a nice juicy game against the jets uh playing against cleveland uh the the vegas raiders uh, and pittsburgh and i just i see more points coming out of those games uh he put up 18 against pittsburgh already in pittsburgh he's going to do it again um maybe struggles a little bit against the cleveland pass rush depending on if it's raining cats and dogs there or not but uh i, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon awesome well that was my second what's your second my friend well, uh, another quarterback that is uh, that was kind of a question mark going into this year. Uh, I was riding the Jalen Hurts train. Um, a couple, a couple of other prominent fantasy analysts were as well, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm kind of copying what they were doing. But before anybody anybody else was talking about Jalen Hurts, I was all aboard Jalen Hurts. Uh, it, the Tecmo Bros might not remember, but I'm a bit of a Philly fan uh, beyond the confines of Wisconsin, and with all the trade talk rumors of, of Deshaun Watson and, and what are they going to do at quarterback and them not declaring a starting quarterback in the preseason. I didn't pay attention to any of that static. I still don't. Jalen hurts. Isn't necessarily performing like the, the NFL stud that they want him to be where he's single-handedly winning games like Lamar or, or Mahomes. Well, last year Mahomes, uh, but he is performing like a stud on the points on paper for fantasy. Uh, I didn't really make an official prediction of where I thought he was going to finish, but uh, he's currently quarterback too. Uh, he has had no games under 20 points in uh, our, our standard format that we use. Uh, he has coming up Detroit, Denver, the Jets, and the Giants. It depends on which Giants we get, the Giants from last week or the Giants from early in the season. Uh, and then he's got two more statement games with the Chargers and New Orleans. If he can come out and put up points like he has been all season against those two teams, uh, he is matchup proof. You start him, you keep starting him. Uh, another team that went out and said we could use an offensive weapon for our quarterback, they got Devonta Smith, and it's been uh, lights out on the fantasy side of things. And I can actually hear friend of the show, Ben, uh, 
just cringing from from his house. He is a not a Jalen Hurts fan. If you listen to last if you listen to last week's show, uh, that shines very very brightly. Uh, but I do agree that Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy quarterback. Uh, currently not producing wins for the Philly Eagles, but again, like Sam said, no game under twenty points. He's the picture of consistency when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, any thought process on? We'll, we'll touch on this briefly, just because I know his name came up. Uh, do you have any fear that the Philly Eagles will win the Deshaun Watson trade rumor going around? They have the opportunity to make that move. And if they truly feel like it's the quarterback position that's suffering, um, if they go out and make it, they're fools. They really are. Not because Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future necessarily, but because that's not the position that they're suffering at. Um, a little bit of a, a preview of my next point. Uh, they have no running game in Philly right now. And I don't care what quarterback you have. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked great without much of a running game in Houston, but he's, he's not uh, uh, Superman. He, he can't make magic happen on the field that someone else can't. Uh, Jalen Hurts is doing his darndest to produce for this team and to, to you know, create a running game for this team. But while they could make the move because they have the, the draft capital, they have the dumb ideas at times, <laughs> let's be real. Uh, I, I They could make that move, but I think that they really, really shouldn't. Well, I think you were definitely correct on Jalen Hurts being an absolute beast of a fantasy quarterback. Uh, you did touch on briefly your third point, so I want you to jump right into number three. Thank you very much. Um, the running game for the Eagles is bad. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I made a prediction that Miles Sanders isn't going to be terrible, right? He has to have a bounce back here eventually, right? Right. Wrong. Uh, he's currently sitting at running back 34, and honestly, that is generous. Uh, he's seeding more carries to Gainwell every week. Now, this last one being, uh, you know, he got hurt, so Boston Scott kind of took over for him. Uh, but the, the main thing I'm looking at, if he's going to be a between-the-20s guy, and he's going to going to be uh, just trying to get yards to produce his points. He's not getting the carries. He's not getting the opportunities, uh, even in the passing game, to make that happen. Uh, he's getting out touched in the red zone, uh, thirteen to ten uh, right now. I'm um, sorry, not getting out touched. He's almost getting out touched in the red zone. He's got thirteen in the red zone touches. Gainwell's got ten. Uh, I expected that number for Gainwell to rise as he seems to be the red zone guy. Um, Miles Sanders is averaging four carries a game. I had to do math on this and I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> uh, he's hurt when some of his best running matchups are, are coming up. Honestly, he's, he's borderline drop worthy at this point. Um, if he, if he has any, any big games this year, I think they're going to be flukes. I don't expect him to do much. The Philly running game right now is on life support. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, all the way off Miles Sanders this year after riding the Miles Sanders carousel last year. Uh, I couldn't do that to myself again. I definitely got nauseous going round and round in that injury carousel. Um, you warned me. You warned me. I, did. I didn't believe you. I mean, but that's the thing about fantasy football. Like you mentioned that you don't want to feel like you are uh, piggybacking on other analysts takes, but the problem is almost every take has been taken. So <laughs> at some point we're all kind of piggybacking on each other a little bit. Right. Um, Again, I was way off Miles Sanders. I didn't think he'd be this bad. I just, I just didn't want to possibly ride that train again. 
Uh, and now he's obviously, you know, week to week, which is a nightmare. That's like week to week is like Julio Jones for me. It's just like he'll probably go into the game, give like three carries and be like, well, I gave it a go. My knee hurts. I can't keep going. So uh, it's it's disappointing. And I like Kenneth Gainwell. I think he's going to be good. Boston Scott's always been underrated. But uh, my hope for Miles Sanders, I'm not sure he's droppable. Uh, redraft, I think he might be droppable. But if we look at it through the dynasty lens, uh, eventually he's going to go somewhere that will use him well. Uh, so I guess just that's my Miles Sanders hope for the future because I still like Miles Sanders, the player, the talents there. Uh, he's just with a mobile quarterback. We saw this a lot with other mobile quarterbacks is they just take all the carries like not everyone's going to be the Ravens where like Lamar and JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards will all have a hundred yard games. Like Jalen Hurts just is the running back on that team, which is why he's such a good fantasy quarterback. Well, speaking of another uh, running back who, who had potential, but isn't really going to get there. uh, Your next point. Oh, this is a sad one for me. Um, I love Ronald Jones and I'm very sad that he's, essentially relegated to like blowout victories and or just maybe a goal line carry here and there. But uh, after having a great 2020, like like top 12 running back, great 2020, uh, I thought it would really be more of just a timeshare. Like maybe Lenny would be more the pass catching play action guy and Ronald Jones would be the Derrick Henry stuff it up your face kind of guy and the Bucks would have this electric run game. Obviously they have a great passing game. Um, I really just think that this can maybe be boiled down to Tom Brady. And I don't want to say that I'm blaming Tom Brady, but after, you know, 20, whatever years in new England and just having a run focused type situation, I think he just wants to let the ball fly. He just wants to go out there and throw the ball 40 times a game and, and do that. So like Leonard Fournette's having a perfectly great year uh, when they do run the ball. And if you look at Leonard Fournette's stats, let me just pull it up right here in front of me. Obviously, he's got a lot of good touchdown situations, but just he's only got two games of over 20 attempts or more. Uh, the rest are under 15. So he's being wildly efficient. Uh, and he's got the targets. That's why Leonard Fournette's a fantasy guy right now is touchdowns and targets. Uh, but they don't really have to. I mean, you, you look at the ca- conventional game script says when you're up by 20, you just typically run it because you're kind of, you know, you're killing the clock. You're running it down. You're up by, you know, almost three scores. No, Brady's going to throw another 40-yard bomb to Antonio Brown. Why wouldn't he? That's just fun, right? Uh, and then you might see Ronald Jones doing some cleanup, but it's never meaningful snaps. So uh, I swung and missed super hard on Ronald Jones being something worth it this year. Uh, I, I mean, this isn't even a dynasty thing. I just hope he goes somewhere that wants to use him. Like, the, the man deserves to play. And I hate that it's like, oh, he he fumbled the ball. He's never going to see the field again. I'm like, yeah, well, when you have two carries a game, like you're not warm, you're not ready. You're just kind of sitting there being, you know, doing nothing. So uh, I was wrong. I'm very sad that I was wrong. And he's on my, he's too good to drop in a lot of formats that have deeper benches because he's still a handcuff to Fournette. Uh, yeah, but I just, I thought I'd be right on with this. And I, I was definitely incorrect. Well, they definitely are using him different than how they were last year. Uh, between Fournette and Jones, they were using him kind of as a one-two punch. Uh, and now this year, I, I don't know that I necessarily blame uh, anything Ronald Jones has done. He has had a couple of fumbles here and there that have uh, impacted his you know, uh, playing time that game, per se. Uh, but 
I think honestly, this is this is Leonard Fournette just playing like a handful of years ago. He, yeah, he's, he's balling. He's balling out, and at, you know you can ride the hot hand on a per game basis, but the hot hand seems to be firmly in Leonard Fournette's court. Um, he's doing well. He's the team's clicking, and you know why? Why you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Absolutely, no, I I agree there, and like you're. I'm a, we're allowed to be wrong. Like yeah, the process was sound coming off of last year. Uh, it's just that the, it, it turns out that it was, just, you, you, you get wrong sometimes. And that's why we talk about this. We, we can be wrong and that's fine. But as long as we hold ourselves accountable, like one thing that always annoys me with any fantasy football person is always taking the victory laps, but never saying they were wrong about anything. And I was wrong about Ronald Jones. I was wrong about Sam Donald so far. Uh, so Again, I feel like my process was sound, but I'm at least uh, comfortable enough to admit that I was incorrect on something. But how about you uh, tell us a little bit about somebody you were right about? Yeah, so Terry McLaurin. Um, love that man. Uh, loved him ever since I got him in a trade with Sam, actually, uh, in my first year of the auction league. Uh, he's just so good. He's a great route runner. He's got like a 50-foot vertical leap, it seems, when he gets overthrown by all of his quarterbacks. And he comes down with those things. Uh, my guess was that Terry McLaurin with the addition of Ryan Fitzpatrick would have would be a locked and loaded top 10 wide receiver uh, for the year. And obviously Fitzpatrick is hurt, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, but Taylor Heineke has that like Brett Favre mentality where he's just going to, you know, heck it, chuck it football. He even and wears number four. He even wears number four. And he, you know, he's got that just he's got that Brett Favre in him that gunslinger kind of mentality you have to with the defense underperforming like this they're going to have to throw more Uh, I didn't expect their defense to be this bad which actually helps Terry McLaurin in my prediction here but um, he's survived you know Kyle Allen Alex Smith you know Fitzpatrick Heineke again like Allen Robinson if you get this man like a real quarterback I'd love to see what he can do Uh, but he's making the best with you know, a, a not so great situation. Uh, but right now he is wide receiver 10 on the nose in PPR formats. Um, Curtis Samuels, a nothing. Uh, I don't know what happened there. He's, I think he's still injured with that groin issue. Logan Thomas is hurt. Um, Antonio Gibson is underwhelming. So it's really the Terry McLaurin show and I love to see it. He's a, he's a superstar to me. Uh, I, I got him in a lot of places, but I couldn't get him where I absolutely wanted him in my dynasty. Uh, but he's going to be a top 10 guy. He's super talented. And I, the future is bright for Mr. McLaurin. So it's rare that you get a player who has uh, multiple tools in his arsenal. Uh, a lot of players, you know, they might be a great route runner or, you know, super fast, good deep ball threat, good hands. Uh, it's rare that you get somebody who is tall, can win those 50-50 balls, uh, sure hands over the middle, able to, to run after the catch. Uh Terry McLaurin is showing off all his talents. He's scoring on deep throws, uh, taking the top off of defenses. He's running crisp routes. He's getting uh, just standard, you know, receptions, uh, just uh, curl routes, uh, moving the sticks kind of targets. He's showing off what a true number one is meant to look like. Uh, He actually, to me, he looks like a a younger, maybe a little bit faster uh, Devontae Adams to me. I was just thinking that in my head. I'm like, if you give him a real quarterback, like an Aaron Rodgers or like just a franchise guy, I think he could be in the same ballpark as Hans Adams. And honestly, I was kind of uh, sad this year to see that the the football team was going to uh, trot out Ryan Fitzpatrick not because Fitzpatrick is bad, but because I felt like they had an opportunity to make a run at 
somebody who could be with the team for a handful of years, who could actually help the team win now in a division that was really bad. Uh, it's it's yeah. who's going to beat Dallas in the in the East and. Uh, the football team had that opportunity. They did well last year. Uh, they trotted out Fitzpatrick. Unfortunately, he got hurt. I think they'd still be competitive without him. But uh, what, without him, they have nobody else. Uh, Gibson hasn't done much. They've been giving more carries uh, to uh, McKissick. McKissick. Thank yeah. you. I always get him and McKinnon uh, mixed up. Right. Uh, like similar like names. the Damian, Daryl, and something. Yeah. Williams is. Yeah. yeah. That's a fun thing. Um, but uh, no, Terry McLaurin, definitely somebody, if, if you're able to, to steal him away from somebody who maybe in a dynasty league or a, a keeper league who maybe isn't a fan of his single digit games that he's had here. I look at those targets shares um, one game, the first game of the year, uh, he had four targets. Every other game, he's had more than seven double digits in more than half of his games for targets. He's not always bringing them all down, but when he does, he can put up really big numbers and there's something's got to give. They, they've got to have some good matchups coming up eventually where, where he can, he can shine brighter than he already is. Absolutely. And just one more thing. I know we talked about Deshaun Watson already. Uh, I hear there is this a rumor gaining some steam, you know, spending time on fantasy football Twitter is, you know, asking for trouble, but I have seen some stuff. Uh, rumor currently is that Deshaun Watson will go to Miami. That's his current desired position to be in. He wants to go to Miami. Uh, and then that kind of leaves Tua in limbo apparently and people have said they debunked it but they have talked about possibly the idea of miami sending Tua to washington which i think would be really fun and i think that could actually increase mclaurin's stock like Tua is not bad he obviously makes some mistakes but keep in mind he hasn't played you know 17 games in the nfl yet so if you just give him some time and some and time to learn i think he's an upgrade from taylor heineke uh and again, Jalen Waddle's been fine. Uh, obviously, the the A dot's not been fantastic for for Jalen Waddle. But like, if that means just feeding Terry McLaurin the ball and making him, you know, beat defenders, I'm all for that type of volume. But well, I mean, I, at first I thought you were going to say Deshaun Watson to the football team, which I thought they had enough shenanigans going on off the field <laughs> that no, they didn't no, work with. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it would be fun to see uh, Tua on on the the football team, the soon to be no longer named football team. Uh, that would be fun, and that's why you know it's not going to happen because this is the exactly. no fun league after all. Well, speaking of no fun, uh, this one hurts me a little bit. But get to a, a prediction involving my Dirty Birds. So Mike Davis uh, signed by Atlanta in the off season after Oof. an outstanding performance in the stead of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, expecting him to be the guy. They they picked up Wayne Gallman off of free agency and then just let him go. Um, they There was a lot of hype around how they would use Cordero Patterson. Uh, I, for one, thought, yeah, okay, Cordero Patterson might spell Mike Davis here and there, but Mike Davis is the running back. Yeah, Cordero or Patterson. Like a fun gadget guy, you know? Yeah, you know, I remember when the Packers had no healthy running backs, and so they were using uh, Randall Cobb in the backfield. That was what they did with uh, Ty Montgomery, who uh, he's the third or fourth stringer somewhere. Um, <laughs> Mike Davis, I thought, was going to, at the very least, get enough volume to manufacture something. If if anything, maybe he can etch out like a LeGarrette Blunt type role, where they like to use Cordero Patterson most downs, but 
in the red zone, punching into the end zone. That's going to be the big body Mike Davis. Uh, I thought, you know, maybe RB2, worthwhile RB2, just from volume's sake. Uh, well, the volume has been turned all the way down in Atlanta ever since their debacle with piping in crowd noise. Um, <laughs> they've That was uh, very wrong. Um, he's averaging roughly 50 yards a game on about 12 carries a game on average. Uh, he's being outpaced in goal line work, 17 to 14. Um, outpaced. The, the running back is being outpaced by the gadget guy. And um, snap percentage is in the 60s, which is on average for a, a, a you know, two-headed monster kind of thing, but he's just not producing. Um, unlike other teams that have a, a multi-back system, but one back is definitely getting the the lion's share, what kind of we expected with, with Rojo and, and Leonard Fournette. We expected them to get a similar equal share. Um, that's what Mike Davis is getting is that kind of 60% snap share. He's just not doing anything with it. Um, he's, I mean, 50, 60 yards a game is maybe what they're hoping for out of them. But as a fantasy uh, owner, that's not what I was hoping for. I thought that was pretty terrible. Um, he's running back 39 below Miles Sanders and an injured Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, and even if you look at just the official Atlanta Falcons depth chart, he is now officially number two behind Cordero Patterson. And obviously that that is what we have been seeing. And you know, thinking of like big body, I actually looked this up. Mike Davis is 5'9", 220. So he's like a little bowling ball man. And then Cordell Patterson is 6'2", 220. So he's physically just a bigger dude. Like Cordell Patterson for some reason, I, I forget how big he is sometimes. And the fact that they're he's doing it all right now. He's like the number one receiver and the number one running back on that team. Who would have thought that 30-year-old Cordell Patterson would be the featured piece of the offense in Atlanta. And that's why I I love football. I really do. You know, if you're a fan of fantasy, if you're a fan of individual players performing at the top of their game, you got to feel good about Cordero Patterson and what he's doing to to really kind of put a nice cap on his career here and say, hey, I was the player. If you remember, I was supposed to do big things. And here I am. I can still do big things at 30. Uh, 30 is the new 24, I guess. I mean, Um, it looks good for sure. Now, interesting question for you here regarding Mike Davis. Uh, he had been averaging give or take 10 points a game, just shy of uh, up to week seven, where he puts up a whopping one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's not going to get much easier down the stretch. He's got Carolina at New Orleans, at Dallas, New England at Jacksonville, and uh, at home against Tampa Bay. None of those games seem very friendly for the Dirty Birds. Right. As if you're a Mike Davis owner, Andy, and you need to pick up a quarterback for, for bye weeks, are you thinking about dropping him? I am. Um, let's like, so this is one of those things. He, he's like a grenade, right? You can drop him and let somebody else fall on it because that is the thing that I don't want on my team anymore. Um, so just real quick story about like dropping players after the fantasy week ends. Uh, I typically go on the like what once it's it's tuesday morning because waivers typically run on wednesdays in most leagues uh tuesday morning i go over my team and i drop all the players that i do not want on my team anymore uh and everyone's like well what are you gonna do how do you replace those guys you know you got to put in claims and you can pick somebody up and drop that person no i'm gonna drop these people because i want somebody else to be like oh my gosh that guy's been dropped i want him and that's gonna free up another player for me 
So Mike Davis is one of those guys where I think you can definitely safely drop the guy and someone's going to see him and be like, I need to get Mike Davis and you're going to be able to pick up somebody else that's more important. But my last preseason prediction uh, would be Kareem Hunt would carve out a meaningful number two role uh, in Cleveland uh, and hurt Nick Chubb's value, which is why I was off Nick Chubb so hard this year, uh, which I was right about. He's obviously injured right now. Uh, But we all forget that Kareem Hunt was a bell cow running back in Kansas City, and he's obviously playing second fill with Nick Chubb, but he's been used in every facet of the game, pass catching, goal line, everything. So, yeah, before he was hurt, he's running back, or he currently is running back 13 even after missing a game. So, uh, Dearness Johnson is great also. So, I fully expect Kareem Hunt to take that spot back once he gets back in what five to seven weeks so uh but i was right that cream hunt would be a valuable fantasy asset and carve out a meaningful role i mean personally i would like to just say cream hunt was expected to be a a what viable fantasy uh handcuff somebody who you could start here and there when you think that the the matchup would favor the passing game uh he's been he was producing as uh even before nick chubb got injured as an rb2 uh, and RB one in some cases early on in the season uh, over you know Nick Nick Chubb's production. I, I think uh, Dearness Johnson's performance last week, not to take away from what he did, he he ran the ball outstandingly well. But I think that just shows how good the running game is in Cleveland. They've built around it. Uh, the dog pound loves to pound the football, and uh, you take two really talented backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you have yourself. Uh, two fantasy viable players. Uh, now Hunt is going to be uh, kicking it on the uh, injured list for a little bit with that calf injury. Um, did did you say? I didn't catch if you said how long he's going to be yet. Uh, they say it's going to be about five to seven weeks, so it's going to be a long one. But he should be back in time for the fantasy playoffs. Well, there you go. Stash him on your IR. Uh, when he comes back, he I, I think he's a, a lock for a flex spot if you uh, if you don't have any other better options. Absolutely. Personally. Last running back, Sam, hit us with it. Well, speaking of players who get hurt, uh, I was expecting going into the season that uh, Raheem Mostert was going to be uh, one of the – he was going to live up to his name, the most hurt player in the NFL. Um and I thought that the guy to replace him as everyone was on the Trey Sermon train uh, was going to be Elijah Mitchell. I watched a little bit of uh, tape of him. I saw kind of what they were saying about him uh, from the analysts and the scouts. They were kind of comparing him a lot to Raheem Mostert. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, here we go. Here's your guy that you target maybe towards the end of the draft. Nobody's going to know his name. He might not see any work for the first couple of weeks, but if, Raheem Mostert does get hurt, and the guy's been a bit of a, uh, a paper mache running back. Um, you got a nice one-two punch with Trey Sermon. I thought Trey Sermon was at least going to be on the field. Uh, that I was a little bit wrong about, but boy, Elijah Mitchell has been performing like uh, an RB two out of out of San Fran, and and that is what you wanted out of that type of player. Kyle Shanahan it can be a little unpredictable at times, but he's getting close seventy percent snap share. Uh, in the games that, that he's been healthy, we're, we're seeing 20 rushes a game. He's found the end zone in both of those games. Um, he's sitting at running back 44 because he missed some time. But if he's healthy going forward, 
I don't see anybody taking that starting job from him. Uh, Michael Hasty did get more work in the passing game, but he looked slow and ineffective. Yes, he did just come back from injury, but the burst to get to the line just wasn't there. He was getting tackled in the backfield or at least hit in the backfield. I don't see anybody taking this job from Elijah Mitchell unless somehow uh, Trey Sermon is forgiven from whatever he did. I don't know if he kicked Kyle Shanahan's dog, but he, he did something. He's not welcome on that field right now. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's the guy. And I'm happy to say that uh, at least, you know, one bold prediction on a dark horse player can count in the win column. Heck yeah. And, you know, uh, Trey Sermon's just out there kicking it with Brandon Ayuk on some farm in upstate New York. Just, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're going there. Where, where are those guys? Oh, they're on a farm somewhere, sweetie. They went to camp. They'll be back eventually. Yeah, no, and I, I agree. <laughs> I, I was on the Trey Sermon uh, team, but uh, I didn't really, I didn't really look at Elijah Mitchell or Elijah Mitchell, excuse me, to be honest, but uh, you did and you definitely benefited from it. And that was a, that was a great pickup. He's super young. He's very talented on a run first team. Uh, I was way off on him, but it's good to see somebody at least gave him a shot. And you, you really got to look at two, uh, depending on who they start a quarterback, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, if it's um, Trey Lance, the other Trey, um, when he comes back from injury, I think in both of those situations, they they need to work the running game to make it happen. Jimmy G is just not very mobile. His play action game is well. He doesn't really throw have a deep ball in his arsenal, so he needs that play action game to to let plays develop. Uh, Trey Lance, on the other hand, he might run more more read option plays and run the ball himself, but that'll just lend itself to more open lanes for Elijah Mitchell, uh, short fields for touchdowns. Who knows? I I'm buying into Elijah Mitchell going down the stretch here um, in a tough matchup against Indy. Yes, it was. Uh, whatever hurricane was going on over there. Uh, he still managed over hundred yards on 18 carries and a touchdown. Uh, I'm buying into this rookie. Oh, as you should. That's, that's a great, great pickup. And, and it's good to see we were you know both wrong on some stuff, but we both had some great uh, correct calls so that we're not completely terrible at what we think we do. Uh, so happy to see that we are doing fine. And you know, my leagues are still definitely, there's no league that I'm out of it yet, which is great to see. Uh, I think I have winning records, at least in everything currently, uh, which is nice because that's that's way different than last year for me. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing in your league, Sam? Uh, middle of the pack. Middle um, of the pack? Well, there's plenty yep. of time left. Yeah, it's uh, had a, a, a couple of unfortunate um, mid-game injuries impact me here and there. Uh, and, you know, you got to love fantasy football. Sometimes you just run into that buzzsaw where, where the guy's got – Mike Evans scoring three touchdowns in a game. It just, it happens, but you know, I'm not out of it in any of them. Um, not looking for a fire sale. So looking forward to the, the real defining moments here in these, these bi-week games. If I can, you know, use the depth that I've, I've put together to maintain high point averages and uh, kind of, you know, squeak my way into the playoffs. Love it. Well, we're going to finish up today's show uh, with a kind of a bonus lightning round of uh, predictions that, uh, either came short due to injury or just whatever happened. Just ones that we have that uh, we felt good about our process, but don't really need too much extra, you know, description to talk about. So 
Uh, we each have five. It should, shouldn't take too long. So Sam, watching us with your first lightning round suggestion. Well, my first lightning round uh, idea was that Dak Prescott was going to be slow to come back. His injury, we all saw it. It was disgusting. Uh, he had some preseason injuries as well. And after week one, I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, he's going to struggle. Wow, was I wrong. Quarterback 12, uh, even with a bye week, he's still sitting at quarterback 12. He's been putting up 20 points a game. That team looks like the team to dominate the East. A little ashamed that I even let that escape my mouth. Well, my first one's going to be that Paris Campbell would be the wide receiver one in Indy. Uh, I was definitely not on the Michael Pittman train. I thought he was talented, but not more talented than Paris Campbell. Uh, Paris Campbell last year was being used as the wide receiver one before his injury. I thought now that he was healthy, he'd pick up where he left off. And he was doing fine for the first few weeks, kind of exploded. And I thought this was finally his moment, a big, long touchdown. That's why you use him. And he hurt his foot and he's out for the year. And Paris Campbell uh, just can't stay healthy. You feel bad for that guy. So uh, Michael Pittman to the moon, I guess. Uh, Michael Pittman's stock is rising. Uh, I thought that the Chargers stock was going to be dropping. I didn't think they were going to be a bad team by any means. I just thought that. Uh, Justin Herbert's production from his rookie season was not going to be as successful. Sophomore slump. I thought they were going to regress a little bit. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, Austin Eckler running back for uh, Justin Herbert quarterback, 10 Mike Williams. Who the heck is Mike Williams? Uh, <laughs> wide receiver nine, I guess is why Keenan Allen is sitting at wide receiver 34. Right. But uh, that team is, is firing all, on all cylinders. They're all startable. And they're all going to help somebody win their fantasy league. And I'm ashamed to think that they weren't going to produce. My second guy is that Stefan Diggs would regress tremendously due to the pickups of Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox carving himself out a fantasy relevant role. You saw the numbers a bit last year. Dawson Knox was being targeted, especially in the red zone, and they definitely wanted to get him more involved. And if you're paying wide receiver three price for a guy like Stefan Diggs, uh, you're paying too high. You were buying him at his absolute ceiling. Uh, turns out I was right about Stefan Diggs regression and Dawson Knox's exposure. Hey, tell you what, I should have read my own notes here uh, to par- uh, pivot off your Paris Campbell point. I had Michael Pittman going to be a thing. You drafted him in everywhere. I, I drafted him in several leagues. Um, I, I like big bodied 50 50 ball guys when it comes to uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, that's what he did in Philly. Michael Pittman was that guy. He's not the sharpest or route runner. He's not the fleetest of foot, but he's a guy who like, I, I, he reminds me a little bit of like a Des Bryant, maybe not the notoriety of him, but he goes up, he wins those. He's certainly sitting at wide receiver 20 with a 90% snap share. Uh, yeah. T.Y. Hilton's been out, but even if T.Y. Hilton was in the game, I don't see him being the, the lion's share of targets. Michael Pittman's looking like the guy they needed him to be. Uh, I think his stocks are on the rise. And Carson Wentz is looking darn good right now. So that's going to help your Pittman for sure. Uh, My quarterback, who's not looking good. uh, I had Darnell Mooney as a breakout contender this season. And uh, Justin Fields is doing everything he can to make sure that is incorrect. Uh, He's he's the number one receiver on the Bears. uh, But that's hard to to look at right now because the Bears are really bad. Uh, So I, I, I am currently wrong with it. Uh, I was right that he's going to be a productive receiver. He's the number one on the Bears, but I thought I thought he'd be more consistent, especially with the athleticism of Justin Fields. Uh, this one's currently pending, trending towards the wrong, but I still believe in Darnell Mooney. 
Well, based on on your note here, you were you were hyped that he was going to have the the season to remember. And I guess that at that point, I can say that's that's a wrong prediction. He might still be the guy of the future, the guy to own there. But right now, the Bears are uh, hands off. Their their running game is in shambles uh, from the injuries. They still have a good running game whenever that gets back together. Yeah. But without that, their their quarterbacks are getting exposed. I mean, they they declared Andy Dalton their starter at the start of the season. Yeah, that was going to be. <laughs> Something. Uh, speaking of a team that that should have been better, uh, I expected the Jags to be fantasy viable. Uh, I thought that the Jaguars, with the the franchise quarterback, new coach, thought they were going to come in, they were going to put some funky college plays together, and they were going to going to come out firing. Um, Trevor Lawrence is uh, currently quarterback twenty five. Uh, DJ Chark is out. He's out for the season. Uh, pour some out for for the Chark. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones, wide receiver thirty six. Lavishka Chenault, wide receiver fifty five. Oof, that one hurts. Yeah, um, yeah. Robinson is running back 12. Uh, his his ADP was 17. I have an asterisk here with all capital letters. Everyone else got hurt. Uh, <laughs> if you literally took all the other running backs in the running back room out, out by, by the kneecaps, uh, yeah, you're probably going to get some volume somewhere. It's impressive to me that the, the Jaguars have been able to not be so far out of games that they've had to just pass, 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 that they could still run the ball. But kudos to them for making him work at the very least. Everybody else, I'm not going to start any of them in any way, shape, or form. I was wrong about the Jags being uh, viable in fantasy. And much like yours, I picked an entire team for one of my lightning rounds. Uh, I thought the Texans would be entirely radioactive for fantasy football purposes. Uh, I was pretty right. Brandon Cooks has has had a few games where he's proved me wrong a little bit. Brandon Cooks is still tremendously talented uh, just with a questionable quarterback situation and who knows what's going on. Just it's a very poorly run organization. Uh, I don't want anybody from the Texans on my team. I had to start Mark Ingram this week and that hurt my soul. Uh, Just hands off all the Texans. I don't want anything to do with them. And I was pretty, pretty correct about that. Again, a few Brandon Cooks weeks, notwithstanding. Well, I, I mean, I could have told you the Texans were probably a little hands off. It, it was a, a bull take, right? <laughs> uh, so my my final take here is uh, I felt like uh, Chris Edmonds was going to retain the starting role from James Conner. I thought James Conner would just be a, a spell back, um, not as often used. Now, yes, Edmonds is a little dinged up right now, uh, but I, honestly, I'm not sure how to, how to say this. This isn't really a right. This isn't really a wrong. Um James Conner sitting at running back 20, uh, I'm sorry, 21, and Edmonds is running back 20. They're, they're right together with each other. They're getting a kind of an equal share. I'm not sure if that's due to Edmonds' injuries or if that's just due to the rise of uh, James Conner. He's healthy. He's playing well on a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like they have a committee. Uh, I'm labeling this one TBD. Let's see what happens as the year progresses uh, is Edmonds going to rise or is Connor going to rise or are they going to stay in a 50, 50 timeshare? Well, speaking of a meteoric rise last year, uh, I had one of my preseason predictions that Bobby Tanyan, Robert Tanyan, uh, tight end for our green Bay Packers, uh, would crash back to earth with a more realistic look at what's going on with his abilities. I still think he's a good tight end, but, He's certainly not putting up the numbers that you thought he would when you drafted him as like tight end six off the board. Uh, currently sitting at tight end 21. He's had two good games, both of which he found the end zone in. Uh, but he's he's not on the field as much as he was last year. He's not getting the targets like he was last year. 
And with Randall Cobb coming back, with Lazard being healthy, with Aaron Jones being awesome, with A.J. Dillon coming up and, and being something worthwhile, uh, there's just not as much stuff for Robert Tanyan to do. Uh, so when people are drafting him as like the sixth or seventh tight end off the board, that was way too expensive for me. I'd rather have somebody later or I'd go luxury before Tanyan. Uh, I just think that people were thinking he'd continue to do what he did last year. And that's that's a hard, you know, a hard act to follow. He put a, a really good season together. I didn't think he'd be able to do it all season long. And it looks like currently I'm mostly right. Uh, Randall Cobb's been a thing again because he loves Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers loves him. Uh, but he, again, he could explode late year again and maybe be a thing. But I think right now I'm pretty correct with that. Well, I'm glad you ended out with the uh, the big Bob Tanyan uh, one here because I got to say, personally, bold prediction going forward. Uh, watch out for Bob Tanyan to begin resuming that that uh, 2020 performance as that O-line gets healthier. Uh, I see him not getting off the line as quick, having to hold his blocks longer because that O-line is struggling. Uh, the plays aren't developing. Last year, he was wide open in a lot of zones because they just let him run free and Rodgers had time. Rodgers hasn't had time. He's been sacked a lot. The offense isn't quite firing on all cylinders. Um, keep an eye out for Bob Tanyan to maybe start to come back a little bit to form as that O-line gets healthier. Well, I got to say, this was a fun time, Sam. I really appreciate you being back on the show. Uh, I look forward to having you on future shows. Uh, this oh, for has been sure. a fun, fun format. Uh, we'll come up with some more creative things to talk about. Uh, but man, Sam, anything you want to leave the Tecmo team with before you take off for the day? Hey, thanks for having me back. It was a lot of fun talking football. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to definitely get back together and do this again and uh, kind of see where we're at at that point in the season. If I'm ready to uh, to pack it in and call it a year or if I'm gearing up for some uh, playoff opportunities. Well, that is going to do it for us. Uh, we want to make sure you follow us on Twitter at Tecmo Bros. That's where you're going to find all of the news about the shows. That's where you're going to get alerted as to when these episodes go live. Again, I am committing that I'm going to do one episode per week. So I want to make sure you guys can at least hear what's going on. If you love the Tecmo Bros, uh, make sure you come say hi to us again on Twitter at Tecmo Bros. I was Tecmo Bro Andy. This was I'm Tecmo Sam. Bro Sam. Heck yeah. We'll have him back on. We'll see you guys next week.